are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Pacers offseason is on. Holy smokes. Larry Bird stepping down as team president. Kevin Pritchard taking over the duties to guide the team through a vital offseason this summer. Nate McMillan addresses the media before Larry Bird steps down, discussing what he and Larry talked about as they prepare for next season, although now Larry's not going to be around. And a few hours after news breaks that Bird is leaving the Pacers, come on, he's not a consultant. He's out of here. A storm of all storms, Armageddon-type end-of-world stuff blows through Indy. Coincidence? I don't think so. A lot of Pacers fans may be ready for Larry Bird to cede control of the team, but I don't know if the basketball gods are real happy about Bird getting out of the game. Welcome to Locked On Pacers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Tom Lewis of IndyCornrows.com. We'll dive into these topics as the offseason is off and rolling. But before we do, quick reminder, hit me up with any questions, comments, your thoughts on the team going forward now. You can reach me via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrows. I know I've heard from a lot of people, as I've mentioned in the past, not a surprise that Larry Bird is stepping down. Thought that was a uh, very likely possibility just because of his M.O. going through the years. You know, coaching for three years, stepping down, uh, coming back, working under Donnie Walsh for a little bit, then taking over the team, then, you know, having some health issues, stepping down, and then now being at the helm for a few years and facing uh, another crossroads with the team. Uh, And as he's mentioned, needing a new voice last year with the coaching staff, uh, he he feels a, a, a need probably for new leadership here uh, as the team starts ahead in potentially a drastically different direction. And if not, they're going to have to take a different tack with or without Paul George. And he's going to leave that up to Kevin Pritchard. Peter Dinwiddie, we suppose, uh, going forward. Uh, it is going to be a wild summer, no doubt. And guess what? The Pacers just played their last game on Sunday. It's Friday. Five days later. And we've already had all this insanity of an offseason break out in Indiana. Uh, This is remarkable. Normally late May through June, early July is the busiest time on the website with all the rumors talk about the draft and offseason moves. But uh, we're firing up early here at the end of April. And I have a feeling it's not going to slow down. Uh, until maybe <laughs> uh, late July, and then uh, we'll see what the team looks like heading into uh, the late summer and getting ready for uh, preseason camp in September. My goodness, this is going to be an interesting ride. So stay tuned, but let's get back to the topic at hand on this Friday night emergency <laughs> podcast. Larry Bird is stepping down as the president of the Pacers. As uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported in the middle of the day, uh, a time when everyone's talking about the NFL, Colts fans in Indiana are talking about Malik Hooker going to the Colts, uh, but the Pacers jumped up and grabbed all the headlines 
with uh, the news that Larry Bird was going to step down. Now, uh, he had a press conference scheduled for Monday, and apparently that is still on. Uh, it was assumed that was going to be a post-mortem on the season and a look ahead, but now it's going to be apparently a goodbye. Bird is not officially talking. No official news from any of the horses' mouths uh, at the fieldhouse other than other reporters confirming that Woj's report is accurate. And uh, so you know that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, Woj does not report something like this without having the facts. And as I said, doesn't sound like a surprise, but it does put a lot of questions on the table. Uh, you have to think the biggest one is, was there some kind of discussion with Paul George uh, and some acknowledgement that he's not going to be around and the obvious thing, the Pacers are going to have to rebuild and reload without PG, uh, which would require really starting over potentially bottoming out because even if they are able to trade PG, it will be for uh, you know players that aren't going to be as good coming back and other than you know players who are young, uh, via the draft and are going to take time to develop. This has been something that Bird has avoided uh, at all costs during his tenure as president. Uh, always saying that, you know, in this market, you know, we can't bottom out. We'll lose all our fan base. And, you know, that's a, kind of an interesting topic. I, I agree on some level uh, just because we saw what happened when the team had to rebuild on the fly after the brawl and uh, the problem there though was that they didn't really rebuild uh, they got just good enough to hang around in the middle and it would be interesting I wonder you know I, I'd love to hear from you your thoughts on this uh, although I, I believe you know smart hardcore uh, NBA Pacers fans would would be more inclined to uh, give the Pacers a break and support them uh, through a rebuild that required, you know, working for draft picks and getting targeting younger players and trying to develop a, a young core and let them build together. Uh, but, you know, this wouldn't be like bringing in Troy Murphy and Mike Dunleavy and, you know, having a team that was okay. Uh, but, boy, there were some bad times uh, when those guys were, you know, the lead dogs for the Pacers, uh, along with the developing Danny Granger uh, you, you know, you would go into the field house and it would be pretty much a ghost town on a weekday game. Uh, whereas now, you know, even during the week, uh, there have been great crowds. You know, they're not selling out every game, but, you know, the, there's good attendance, good crowds, good energy in the building every night, even during the week this year, uh, which I always thought was impressive and really used to roll in there and, and see a lot of green seats uh, during the week uh, for games against average teams around the league because, you know, there wasn't much juice. But, you know, that's a little different than when you're seeing young guys developing and playing hard, working hard, and you can see uh, the direction they're heading. Uh, with, with those teams, it was like they were desperate to get a player that uh, was going to put them over the edge because the guys they had weren't going to develop <laughs> into being, any mu or being much better uh, than they were at the time. So... Interesting to hear your thoughts on that. If you would support kind of a full break it down rebuild, I think you know a lot of smart fans would. Uh, and unless the Pacers can't attract uh, you know a big dollar high name free agent to either go along with Paul George or uh, should 
PG Leaf, replace PG uh, along with uh, whatever they can gather in assets by uh, dealing PG, uh, then you know that might be something that would result in a quick rebuild. Uh, but man, Kevin Pritchard is going to have uh, a busy, busy, busy summer as he's back in action, and I'm sure he is rubbing his hands together and hyped for the opportunity. Uh, he was a guy in Portland who was never afraid to make a deal, and uh, you know, for a while, that you know, the term uh, Pritch slapped was uh, used among the uh, you know geeker of us. NBA uh, followers, as, as they seem to uh, always, you know, come out on the better end of, of deals. Uh, but we'll see what uh, he can do now uh, with this team and, and going forward. And, of course, it all hinges on Paul George. A lot to be determined there. All-NBA salary does he even want to stay. Uh, I'm sure all this will come out. Reporting will continue now as, uh, as Bird has uh, left the building. Now, the report from Woj is that Bird is going to be a consultant. Uh, I, I find that hard to believe. I can't imagine he's going to have much input hanging around the field house a la Donnie Walsh, who is there pretty much every day, I think, and, and available. But uh, that doesn't strike me as a, a move Bird's going to make. If he is going to be there, he's going to want to be involved. I recall when he came back after the uh, you know year off or so uh, where he was taking care of his back and they had Pritchard in as a GM, Bird was the president, uh, and then they had just elevated uh, Peter Dinwiddie as well, and of course had uh, Donnie Walsh coming back as a consultant. Uh, I asked Bird, you know, how he kind of divided up the uh, duties among those executives, and you know, as far as who would help, who would have more input on certain decisions, and you know, whether it be the draft or trades, day-to-day uh, -day stuff. And he stopped me, you know, before I even got done and said, I make every decision is my decision. I make the last decision on uh, every aspect of basketball operations. So uh, now that will not be the case. And uh, uh, it appears those reins have been handed off to Kevin Pritchard and uh, how he utilizes that power. We'll see. Uh, but it will surely be an interesting ride into uh, the, the offseason here. And again, we are five days in, people. This is going to be nuts. Uh, so so much more to come on this. Uh, there's you know a lot of offseason stuff to talk about already. Nate McMillan um, talked about you know his job going forward and looking back at the past season and what the team needs to do and really didn't say a whole lot that is unexpected and at this point it's hard to tell if you know his job is still secure uh you know he said he had talked with bird and you know they were moving forward and gave all indications that yeah he's going to be here next year uh but you know then the next day bird's gone <laughs> and uh so obviously mcmillan coached under pritchard uh, in portland and you know, it was kind of assumed this day would come at some point whenever when Pritchard was brought in that he was brought in to be the next guy after Bird left, and you would assume that uh, bringing in Nate McMillan had Pritchard's full blessing and uh, a guy that he would be able to rely upon if he took over, uh, regardless of when. But there still is, you know, the wild card option that Pritchard's going to want to have a, a different coach, somebody that. Maybe he has somebody on that 
uh, great Popovich tree uh, that he is related to that he wants to bring in. Uh, wouldn't complain about that. Uh, but we'll see uh, going forward what big moves he makes. There's going to be a lot of shakeup. And if there is a real full rebuild where they're breaking this thing down and you know building up around younger guys, obviously Miles Turner is going to be there, but he's young. Uh, but if they're bringing in younger guys, uh, that may not be a gig that uh, is suited for Nate McMillan. Uh, you know, he strikes me more as a Rick Carlisle type that needs you know pros, pros, and guys that uh, he doesn't have to babysit and push uh, and you know, just wants to have to deal with basketball stuff and may not be a guy who is a, uh, a, a developer of a young team and there might be a better option out there as a coach. So uh, it may depend on what type of team the Pacers roll out as to whether Pritchard wants to keep McMillan around or not. Uh, that's one issue, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but we'll hit on that as the offseason rolls out and we get more information uh, today is a day uh, that I guess, you know, we're saying goodbye to Larry Bird. Uh, the guy was a MVP in the league. He was the coach of the year, taking the Pacers to the NBA Finals. He was executive of the, of the year in 2012. After getting the team together, with um, bringing in David West, getting an Eastern Conference Finals team together. Uh, obviously, not everything he touched turned to gold, especially of late. Uh, you know, you don't want to say the game is passing by, but, uh, you know, maybe his style of management with younger players passing by. Uh, obviously, he was pretty blunt and to the point. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say he was a straight shooter, as a lot of the media describes him, a, a guy who just spits the truth because he was as full of crap as any GM as far as talking about things and and uh, not giving the full truth and then all of a sudden you see a deal pop up here or there uh, but he certainly was blunt and certainly left the impression that he was in charge and in the players league uh, you know that can ruffle some feathers and, and obviously uh, uh, he and Paul George had a couple go rounds in the media going over the you know move the power forward and uh, you know who's in charge and who's making decisions uh, that type of thing you assume that they are also conversing behind uh, closed doors, which to me goes a lot further than any comments in the media. Uh, so as long as they were on the same page privately, you know, I don't see it's that big of a deal. But maybe that is an issue. And maybe one of the reasons PG may stay around is if uh, he doesn't have to have uh, bird haranguing him. You know, who knows? We don't know exactly the truth on that. Uh, you can speculate all you want. Uh, I know there was some talk about maybe he and Herb Simon were on at odds, maybe because Simon wouldn't spend the money. Uh, I, I don't think that was an issue with Bird. He was fine working under whatever parameters he had. Uh, I don't think he sweated it much, you know, that he had to deal with that. And uh, But obviously he was limited, and the moves he made this summer, bringing in Al Jefferson and having Monte Ellis again, uh, guys who made too much money for too little production, uh, who weren't reliable enough uh, unless they had two or three days rest at a minimum, uh, was something that really hurt this team. Uh, as they tried to patch together uh, a veteran crew around PG and, and let him take off as the sole leader here uh, after uh, letting George Hill go, didn't work. 
flat out didn't work. And that's, I'm sure, a big part of the reason Bird is leaving because now he's going to be stuck trying to do the same thing again. So he's going to give someone else a shot. And I know, you know, let's be smart about the revisionist history here. It's easy to crush him, Bird, for, uh, you know, trading Jeff Teague for George Hill, essentially. Uh, but let's also remember that George Hill was likely not going to return after this year anyways. So, you know, you're kind of in that same boat where the Pacers are right now with PG. Uh, they knew PG was coming up, and if George Hill wasn't going to want to return, you got to get something for him. You know, they did pretty well doing that, uh, getting Jeff Teague for him, and a guy who's would probably end up being, you know, a comparable cost to George Hill, but still be uh, a point guard that was, uh, you know, uh, one of the better point guards in the league. So, you know, let's not be think that, you know, oh, yeah, George Hill was an indie guy. You know, who cares what he said, uh, you know, on his way out or after the fact. Uh, the fact is that it was a good chance G. Hill was going to be leaving uh, when his deal was up as well. The other thing that gets talked about a lot now after this season was uh, letting Frank Vogel walk, not resigning him, and then and then signing uh, Nate McMillan, and you know talking about needing a new voice. And uh, you know the fact is at the beginning of the season, the players told us why Vogel was uh, let go. Uh, basically, it was all about uh, accountability and discipline. The team needed more of it. Uh, you know, stories of guys coming in late, nothing happening, too loose a ship being run. It was legit. That's a, that's a pretty good reason. And McMillan is a guy who uh, is supposedly a more disciplined guy. The guys appear to be craving that. Now, I would say it was a failure uh, because uh, I don't care what McMillan was doing behind the scenes. If he was a complete taskmaster and um, completely holding guys accountable and uh, applying that discipline, the results didn't show up on the floor. Uh, they were no more disciplined uh, or accountable on the floor uh, than they were uh, under Vogel. So um, while McMillan is, is known as a guy who treats his players fairly in the media, doesn't throw them under the bus, we certainly uh, saw that. Uh, and if he did hold them accountable behind closed doors, uh, whatever he was doing, again, the results at the end of the day didn't show up on the court. So obviously it turns out that, you know, McMillan ends up with no better results than Vogel in this case. Obviously they had different teams as well, uh, so it was a complete apples-to-apples -apples comparison. Uh, but the reason for letting Vogel go uh, was pretty legit in my mind. Uh, and at some point you, you got to wonder, about you know the discipline and leadership of the players involved there uh and if they're you know who are the guys who are coming late who are the guys who are forcing the need for vogel to uh be disciplined or in, you know obviously he wasn't disciplined enough you know who are those guys and you know who's holding them accountable at, at some point you gotta have uh players lead your team it is a player's league uh, after all, and uh, you need leadership from the coaching, but you also need it from the players. So uh, definitely something was lacking there. Something obviously has been lacking the last two years with this team uh, as they have not been able to get over the hump and play as well as they can consistently, which is something McMillan talked about 
in his news conference on Thursday, uh, you know, talked about consistency being, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that was frustrating about this year and something that they need to improve. And he talked about that all year, really, uh, about the team trying to come together and be, be a team that communicates and is consistent both on the road, at home, you know, in tough situations. Uh, they struggle. Uh, and he can never get them to uh, show that consistency and be a strong team that played up to their potential night in, night out. We obviously saw uh, great potential from this team at times this year. Uh, but also, when you lose eight games to uh, teams at the bottom, and even when half of those would have you know, had you potentially hosting a, a first-round series as opposed to playing the Cavs, you know, that – you know, little things go a long way, and as uh, a gig coach I know says, there are no little things. You know, blocking out isn't a little thing. It's huge. And, you know, taking care of the ball isn't a little thing. It's huge. Making free throws is not a little thing. It's huge. They all add up, and they're all big, and at different points in the season, all those things, you know, can cost you games or win you games. And for the Pacers, their lack of consistency in several areas uh, cost them a lot of games. So, so now with everything shaking up in the field house, we'll see if Nate McMillan gets another tour of duty with this team, just what that team will look like, and just what Kevin Pritchard has in store for this team uh, this offseason and the vision he sees going forward, if they are able to build around Paul George or if they are essentially starting over without him. We knew it was going to be an interesting offseason, just didn't know it was going to start this soon. So thanks again for listening, and we'll continue to keep tabs on the Pacers offseason news. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrows. Also, you can find the podcast on Audioboom.com. You can subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in radio or Google Play where all prayer episodes are available. And that's all for now. You've been listening to Locked On Pacers on the Locked On Podcast Network. You got it.